Pick the Nintendo Shack and pray. Frederick from Fire Emblem Awakening says, yo. Greetings, Kooplings, and welcome back to the Nintendo Shack. My name is Donnie Reese, and tonight we record episode 147, titled Zelda 35th Anniversary Dreams. We're also going to talk about that Indie World promotion that came out and some other news stories. But before we do, let me introduce those that are here with me each and every week. Mr. Garrett Bland, how are you good, sir? I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm, I'm, I'm living. Ah, shack up a little. I'm shacking up. I and got my burr. We have our resident girl, um, <laughs> Rebecca. How how how's your Candy Crush thing going? Is oh, is it I, going I, well? I didn't have enough time for Candy Crush this week. I was too busy playing Solitaire. Uh, yeah, is that your best online game? It is. Yeah. Okay, I was wondering good. if your Sudoku was really Sudoku. Yeah. Yeah, it was really Sudoku's a little tough for me. I prefer Solitaire. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I showed my wife that story, and uh, when I first started reading it, she was like, "Oh no." <laughs> I didn't even finish it. She's just like, oh, no. <laughs> Before we get into what you're playing, let us thank those who help keep the boat afloat over at psvg.com slash or patreon.com slash psvg. Thank you, Edwin Callow, Barry Cathcart, Josh, the Bonesaw, Borboni, Chris McElfresh, Devin Tyus, Kyle Hammond, Michael Masick, the Egg Shin, Zach Bradshaw, and Nick Fahalber and Paul Calicote. Thank you guys so much for all that you do over there. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed last month's DLC stuff. I'm already starting to work on this month's DLC stuff, and other things will be coming soon. So, Shack Crew, what you up to? What you up to, Garrett? Uh, so, let's get into a little bit more Ocarina of Time. Ooh, Don- and Donnie's favorite pastime of talking about how slow I am with this game. And I'm still <laughs> slow. Um, still, that's it's, al- okay. it's almost September, Garrett. <laughs> It's almost September, and that's how I work with this game, okay? <laughs> um, I like to talk about each dungeon, each each podcast, so that's how we're Hey, you know what? Day. In your defense, the first time I ever played Ocarina of Time, I'm sure it took me like a year to beat. I'm 100% okay. certain of that. Especially like without the internet, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm when I was doing it the first time, it took me forever to beat. I had no idea what I was doing, where I was going. I'm sure I was in just random towns I wasn't even supposed to be in at any point yep. in time, so... That makes sense. Uh, so I did. Uh, I got stuck as as I was last time we talked about. I got stuck in the Shadow Temple. Correct. So I was like, okay, let's go back. I have no clue what I'm doing. So I'm like, okay, I'm kind of tired of this. Let's look up a guide. Let's just see what what's the next thing I got to do to this to, to make sure I get the mini dungeon. And I was like, okay, I got to get the Song of Storms. And I'm like, what is this song? <laughs> coming out of freaking nowhere it's like yeah you got to go to the guy with the uh accordion or whatever yeah. with the little little bell out and you got to bring up the ocarina in front of him i'm like who knows how to do that <laughs> does someone tell you that like i just don't remember like ever hearing about that part it's the beauty <laughs> maybe, of- maybe i'm a i think dumb. there's dialogue when you're a child that hints at it it's like you have to teach it to him as a child okay. so that he teaches it to you as an adult so that you can go back when you're a child it's like that's actually a different Time song. Bending. The Scarecrow song. Uh, oh, yeah. Of yeah, 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 yeah. Like you're right, Garrett. Um, I was just going to say the beauty of discovery in video games. I mean, I think that's just the issue there is um, I love that. 
I love discoverability. Yeah. And I would imagine somebody that's played Skyrim like you you do too. And that's a big reason why I love Breath of the Wild, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later. So I'll save that. Mm-hmm. But I just love finding new things and just what's hidden under this rock. What happens if I talk to that person? I don't yeah. like it when nothing happens. And I don't like if something happens all the time. There's a balance. Yeah, yeah. There's certainly a balance. I just thought it was a little random. And I'm sure like when you played it back then, I'm sure uh, like a friend told you or you just came up to it like, I, I don't know. Some like, of my fondest memories of Ocarina of Time are exploring things that were absolutely not true and didn't happen at all, but somebody told yeah. me it did. Like, I remember, I think somebody told me that you could take, like, the Skull Kid's mask if you were, like, fast mm-hmm. enough. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I think I spent an entire day, like, trying to do that. Oh, my and gosh. And I think, like, there was a trade sequence that I tried finding that wasn't a mm-hmm. thing. It's just, yeah, schoolyard talk. I was all about it back in the day. Yeah, for sure. So I, I, I learned uh, the storm song, a song of storms. And then um, I got some extra things that the guy told me to do. So I just went ahead and do that. It was just a couple extra hard pieces. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Um, and I was like, all right, let's hit the mini dungeon, bottom of the well. That's the mini dungeon. The creepiest and, thing ever, right? Yeah, it's pretty creepy. And <laughs> it's annoying. It, that That's an annoying dungeon because you just fall all the time and then i figure out where i needed to go i still fall because i just didn't know where the platform was where to drop it was just invisible all the time um but i finally got through that i hate the mini bosses in there too because you just pause all the time it, it's the one with the arms that's gonna uh, like, the hand yeah the yeah there's hands <laughs> and then the central piece guy that pops up out of the ground and you you just freeze and i'm like i'm sure I would have been freaked out as a child if if I ever saw that. And I, I, would, feel. I would probably stop playing the game if I was a kid. Um, but it was I, I got through it. I got the lens of truth. That's that's what we needed to to go back to the Shadow Temple. And so I did. I went back to the Shadow Temple. And that one was annoying too. That was one <laughs> of my least like dungeons it's in my this least game. favorite. Yeah. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally get that. Yep. It's so random. Um, it's very close cornered. Um, there's just rooms that are so, uh, it's just, you needed the lens of truth to really get through it. And yeah. I just didn't, I just didn't know that was the case. Um, that's why I like smiling. Yeah. You're just like, <laughs> you didn't get that yet. Like he has no idea. You actually uh, can do, um, the last two dungeons in either order. So you're going to need the lens of truth for the next part too. Sweet. Awesome. Well, I'm glad I have that. Sweet. <laughs> Great. Um, so it was a very long route to get to the end. I don't know if you guys knew, but I was able to find a shortcut. I feel like and, I know that. Yeah. Is it? I think. Okay. So when you said that, I think is it like a shortcut to the end boss? Like after you've already been there. So like if you die, it doesn't take you as long to get back to the boss's chamber. No, not the boss's chamber. Uh-huh. It's like before the boat ride. And so there's a boat ride to the boss. There's a boss's chamber, but you have to get the boss key first with the full of rooms with the arms or whatever. Um, before that boat ride, there is a hidden like bottom platform that takes you to the second floor and and uh, the top floor or whatever. And I'm like, I've been in this room. I'm like, are you serious? I could have I could have skipped a lot of stuff and, and just go through that. That was just kind of weird. Um, but the boss was uh, pretty easy. I think I think that was one of the easier bosses I, I've beaten. You just need the lens of truth and like get those hands out of the way and just beat the eye out and you were good to go. So beat that off to the new uh, the what's the next dungeon? The Heaven Temple or or whatever. Do you want us the, to tell you? 
No, I, I'm I'm going there. I'm in Garuda Valley right now. I think you got another uh, mini dungeon before yeah. you do that. Okay, sounds good. I'm I'm still going through it. <laughs> the ending's worth it. The I ending's so. worth it. I okay. think so. It's one of my favorite ending sequence battles of a Zelda game. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I remember correctly. I think so. Yeah. Gotcha. Better than Breath of the Wild. Really? Okay. By far. By oh far. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Breath of the Wild's one of the worst final endings of a Zelda game. <laughs> I guess I just don't remember much about that ending well, either. Because it's not very memorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next game I played uh, very recently uh, that we're going to be talking about too. Spirit Fair mm. on PC for her games pass, but it is on Switch, of course, um, a couple days ago. Uh, so basically... Th- this game is really adorable. That's that's like kind of the first pop into this game. It's a 2D. Um, you're in control of this character called Stella um, as, uh, as a girl. And she is now the position of a spirit fairer. Um, it's passed, on, passed down as a certain position. Um, and basically, you're, um, you're taking control of... Or not taking control. You're managing spirits and trying to leave lost souls back to uh, bodies and you can take care of them. So it's a lot of themes around death and, and remembrance and like, um, it, but it's not all that sad at all. Like the dialogue's kind of funny and it's, uh, it, it, it breaks the fourth wall a lot. Um, it curses quite a bit too. I was actually surprised. Um, so it's, it's actually a pretty lighthearted game for what the themes are around. Um, you take control of a ship and this ship, you go off and you go in search of new resources. And then basically you build up like management buildings, like fields and gardens to build food. Um, and then you take care of the souls by feeding them, hugging them, um, creating dialogue with them. And also you go through a line of quests too. So it's not like it's aimless. You go through kind of a storyline with it. Um, I have three souls so far. It seems like all of them are past family members. Like I, as far as I can tell, and I'm I'm just having a good time with it. Um, it's it's just a really gorgeous game, and I'll probably it's it's a very it, it seems like a very light game, so it's not going to be too into the crafting, too into the buildings. It's just going to be I, I I'm assuming it's going to be around ten hours maximum, um, probably not even that. Um, it just seems like a, a really light game with some great dialogue. That, that's all I had about. How's it. the story? It sounds um. Like it could be kind of deep with like the themes with death and everything. Is the story engaging? The story is engaging. It's just a series. It's just taking care of your characters right now. Um, you start off with uh, it's like a deer or whatever. And the deer tells you like what you need to do um, to build up your kind of town in your ship. Um, it's like kind of like tutorial wise. And then you go through um, like and find other souls that, give you other side quests it's kind of like it's not really much of a story but like kind of a tutorial of like how to build up into the game so so i haven't really gotten into it too much but i'll probably tell you more next week once i play through it um probably this weekend and that's Um, pretty much it i'll go next i did my review today for pga tour 2k21 which i got to review for 2k games um i played it on xbox got an xbox copy because when they actually asked for it, they said, we won't have Switch copies till the day it comes out. So I was like, well, there's no point in waiting to review that then. Uh, mm-hmm. I am totally committed to buying the Switch version. 
Hmm. So if you are interested in playing the golf game uh, with PSVG, I am committed to doing two leagues if we have enough people that want to play. So if there's enough people on Switch that would like to do a society and play weekly golf tournaments with me, I will create a society on Switch and we will play together. I'm buying the game tonight. It's still not up on the store. Last I checked, it's Hmm. still not up. So it's coming in hot. They just announced yesterday that the course creator is going to be included in the game. So it seems like the Switch version could be a little rocky start. Um, but I say that just to say this, like if you're interested in playing on Switch, let me know. Cause if you don't let me know, I'm just going to keep playing on Xbox. But if we can get a, you know, three, four, five people that are weekly committed to it, I will play as well. And you can find my review. It's on YouTube. We're going to release on the podcast, um, later in the week. I really like it. I think it's the best golf game this generation. And I'm very excited for Switch. Cause even if it's, even if the resolution is cut in half and it has long load times, it'll still be by far the best golf game that's available on, on the system. Um, I'm playing, playing Catherine. I don't want to talk about that again. We've already talked about it. So uh, I've just been doing Catherine. I do want to talk about what I'm watching on Netflix called High Score, mm-hmm. which is a little docu-series that I finished earlier today. And um, it's perfect. Like, I really have enjoyed my time. Mm-hmm. And specifically for me, um, I get teased a bit quite around PSVG. I feel like um, the young kid or something. I just don't, I don't have the same memories that so many people do of like ages. But even then, like, I feel like there's a huge difference between if you're 36 or 37 now or 32 now. There's like, that's a five year period. And that five Mm -hmm. years really is important. Um, because there, there seems to be like a lot of information in this documentary about like those five years, you mm-hmm. know, 1990 to 95 and then definitely early 80s stuff. Um, so for me, as somebody, um, I played NES and Super Nintendo, but I, I got them after like they were popular. I got them when they were mm-hmm. at pawn shops and stuff that were super cheap. I didn't get into gaming until N64. And even then, I feel like that was later. I got my N64, I think, in like 99. So, you know, it was later when I started to get this stuff. So um, I definitely didn't come up, you know, knowing all of the um, marketing propaganda between Sega and Nintendo. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't remember those commercials. I didn't come up knowing the console wars. I didn't have Nintendo Power um, I definitely didn't know who made these games and the amazing stories that go in behind them and how people got jobs because they hacked stuff and they broke stuff mm-hmm. and all this like ingenuity that I'm pretty sure would just get you sued to death today <laughs> um, was the, you know, the dawn of a new era back then. And high score is full of it. There's an entire episode dedicated to Nintendo and how they basically save, you know, video gaming. And Mm -hmm. there's Nintendo shows up quite a few times. There's an entire section dedicated to Star Fox and 3D gaming. Um, I just learned so much. There's uh, arcade stuff. It's Donkey Kong, all of it. It's all in there. Mm -hmm. And I really, really enjoyed it. I think every episode I really liked, except for maybe the RPG episode, kind of thought it was boring. (laughs) But everything else was a blast from shooters to night trap. I was watching night trap today. Um, there's a whole section. There's a whole thing about street fighter, Mortal Kombat, and night trap and you know what they did to create the ratings and how all these politicians hated them. Mm-hmm. And there's all these clips of like yeah. senators yelling at them. And I looked at my wife and I was like, how awful would it be to look back in your time and realize like you were that person like yelling at Night Trap or Mortal Kombat about how bad it is. I was like, are you serious? Like, like this is what you had to do when you were a senator? This was your job? Oh, God. it's ugh. Anyway, um, I told my wife, I was like, yeah, we own Night Trap. <laughs> like, I bought that game because of that reason, because of its infamy. And uh, now she wants to play it. So, <laughs> like, which is so funny because um, the guy that made it in the documentary, he says that. 
You know, he's like, it was the most amazing because uh, here's the thing about Night Trap. He had a completely different idea for the game. By the time Hasbro and the production and everything, like, took away all of his ideas and, like, sanitized it for public release, it was a completely different idea than what he had. So he didn't really like what he had, and he didn't think it was going to sell until everybody hated it because women were wearing satin nightgowns, and they <laughs> had, like, this hook, right? Uh, so now that they did that, they, all of a sudden everybody bought it because, you know, the politicians, everybody hated it, and they're trying to ban mm-hmm. it, you know? And I remember... I feel like I remember that with Mortal Kombat. I remember like feeling like that taboo, like, ooh, we got to play Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Like if I had a friend of mine that had Mortal Kombat, I'm like, oh, so much blood. His Look mom, at that bone. His mom let him have Mortal Kombat. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so it's on Netflix. There's six episodes. They're about an hour piece. And learning about Star Fox and learning like where the gates come from and the animals and learning about Mario and Miyamoto and seeing some old stuff and really like old design. I think it's probably my favorite part of the entire series is they've got all these old like grid paper drawings of characters and stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. surprised at how much is kept. You know, yeah. like we talked about that with the Nintendo leaks and stuff a couple weeks ago. Like these creators, they have the one creator that did all the Donkey Kong like bits, like sounds. He's like mm-hmm. a DJ and he's got like this whole studio and everything at home. And he's still, he's got the boards and stuff that he programmed on. And he can tell you, he can point actually at the, the chip and stuff. And he's like, and here's what makes the blue sound and all the other. And I'm like, that's so cool. There's mm-hmm. so much history there. So I'm really glad they made it. And it's really fun. And it's very entertaining. They have all these. So they'll have like a documentary where you actually meet, like looking at someone talk to you about the 1990 Nintendo World Championships or something. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go into like this. 8-bit era cartoon animation where they basically play out what's happening as it's like an 8-bit NES game. And if you're from that era, which is what I've been talking about in our Discord all week, if you're one of those folks that have made fun of me for not knowing what the hell Smash TV is, and I still don't. <laughs> I still don't. And look, I'm sorry. I just, I didn't grow up that way, so I, I don't have it. Um, or, or uh, you know what? A better one is like uh, Romero and Cormac. Um, I didn't know who they were by name. Right. I know Doom and Wolfenstein and I've played them. I love those franchises. Still didn't know the creation of it. I didn't know how they did it. I didn't know they did it on floppy disks and they gave like a free port part of it away. And like, I didn't know any of that. I didn't have a computer until I think 2001. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I just didn't have it. Um, just learning about that stuff was really cool. And it has me excited mm-hmm. for seeing some of the stuff that's coming from them. You know, Romero's releasing Empire of Sin. Hopefully I haven't heard until a yet. Um, I'm hoping we get to play it this year. Come to Switch. So. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. I saw the first episode, the yeah. one about the arcades. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I started watching it too. I am uh, up to the second episode. And um, just like you, Donnie, I didn't live through all this stuff. And some of it I knew, mm-hmm. some of it I, I am learning a lot uh, from watching these. I think um, probably the one of the most surprising things that I didn't know, they went into the story about um, – the man who created the individual game cartridges. Yeah, and yeah. this is somebody who you don't know his name, but it made such a huge impact on how we play games today. Imagine if it hadn't gone in that route, you yep. know, what we could have been doing today. Who knows? Um, but they touched on a lot of interesting things like that. They went into the Nintendo Power uh, magazines and how that was created. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a stack of those. Sean Capri gave me a stack of them, and I have them here, and Jack looks at mm-hmm. them and stuff, and I was really happy to have them, but I didn't grow up with them. You know, I couldn't afford mm-hmm. some magazine subscriptions and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I really like it. And, you know, shame on me for being a video game fan um, who's such an enthusiast about this you know, hobby for not going back and learning. 
but I, you know, without going through like Wikipedia and there are a lot of stuff. It's like, I don't know where to look. Um, mm-hmm. but like I, when they come out in entertaining packages, like I have read console wars and I've watched this and I would love more stories like this. I hope they keep it up because I'll watch all this stuff. Like <laughs> if you can give this to me in a format, I'll watch this forever. And, uh, you know, with all the books and, you know, blood, sweat and pixels and there's like a sequel coming out soon, I'll read that too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really, really like it. I can't recommend it anymore. I think it's a fantastic package with a lot of high production value to keep it entertaining. It's a lot of fun. Becca? Um, yeah, so I, I was watching that as well. I'm only on episode two, but um, I, I am interested in watching the rest of it. And I hope they do renew it for additional seasons because I think there's still a lot of other topics that they could dive into. Um, as for games, um, last week I didn't get a chance to say that I have beat Super Mario RPG. Um, it was good. And I think good, like everything about it was good. Um, a lot of people, uh, as I was playing it on stream came in to say that this is their favorite game ever. And I didn't, I didn't feel like (laughs) it could be my favorite game ever, but I don't mean that like, as it, I don't think any of it was bad. Um, just comparing it to some of the other RPGs that I've been playing this year from around that same time, it didn't to me do anything new or extraordinary or different. Um, there were a couple things that I wish it went into even a little bit more. Um, like I, I passed the fact that the combat was simple, that all of that was fine. Um, I wish the one thing that I really wanted to get out of playing the game was to see why everybody wants Gino for Smash. Um, coming out of it, I, I don't know why people want him for Smash that much. Um, design wise, he is a super interesting character. He has some, I guess, some cool fighting moves. Um, they never really went into his story as much as I thought that they would. There's another character, Mallow, who got like an entire backstory, an entire character arc. Um, and, you know, that got wrapped up and Mallow's a, an interesting character. Um, they never really did that with Gino. I was expecting by the time I got to the end, I'm like, okay, wait, you know, we're not going to now Gino's homeland. We're not finding out about the whole purpose of him. Um, Watch out. You could have Nintendo, know, Nintendo Twitter don't like that. They don't like that opinion. You're, you could write him out of the entire game and just give like, I feel like the only reason why he was in the game was to give some reason for why you're collecting stars in the first place. And it, it, it seemed like there was never a resolution on why that is like, why, why was he the reason why? Um, cool character, but I just think there's a lot of potential there that didn't get used. I never wanted to um, for smash. So <laughs> Nothing against but some again, people that do. I just think game, there's a I, I did enjoy lot it. of other characters. Um, good music, good enemies, good bosses, good characters. But I think good is the only way that I can really <laughs> describe it. Um, not bad. I don't want people to think I'm hating on Super Mario RPG. I liked it a lot. Now, now you think like you're playing current games now. Is that why you think like that? You're, it's just middling to you or it's just a good game no, to you, not your favorite I'm, game? No, because I'm comparing it to the other um, Super Nintendo RPGs that okay. I've played this year for the first time. Comparing it to Earthbound and Chrono Trigger mm-hmm. doesn't even come close to either Ooh. of them. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and now I moved on to playing another 90s uh, RPG, Secret of Mana, um, which is a game that I wanted to play um, since I played Chrono Trigger earlier this year. Um, a lot of people uh, told me that I would enjoy this one if I was enjoying Chrono Trigger. It is a little bit different because it's not turn-based. So 
finally I'm taking a little bit break from all of that turn-based combat. So I was thinking maybe I would like it a lot more because it is more action-based. It reminds me a little bit more of A Link to the Past in that regard. Um, but there's still RPG elements like leveling up magic, things like that. Um, I feel like it's it's not quite as polished as some of these other games. There are some mechanics that are frustrating me. Um, sometimes the characters get stuck when they're, uh, when they're following me. Um, you know, a couple little things that just I, I feel like annoy me because of the age, but those are all minor things. This is easily the most beautiful Super Nintendo game I've ever seen. Um, you know, bright colors, beautiful detail in the pixel art, um, beautiful music, um, interesting characters and stories so far. Um, so it seems it seems engaging. I think I'm really going to like this one. Chat says, Rebecca, the JRPG expert. <laughs> Move over, Garrett. You watch I'm, it, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. I haven't played these games, so. No, no, I, it's not so much the RPGs that I'm on a streak for. It's, it's more of, I think I'm on a Super Nintendo streak. Mm-hmm. That's nice. a good streak to get on. Yeah, yeah, a lot of these games that I missed growing up, but um, it's so many classics. I, people keep saying that they're jealous that I'm playing these games for the first time. I don't care that there's not new releases this year that I'm interested in. I'm playing all these new games for the first time. They feel new and they hold up today, so. Can't wait for her to play Mario. <laughs> Moving on this week at Nintendo, Nintendo hosted a little Indie World um, event that we had. Was it? I don't even What day was it? Yesterday? Tuesday? Tuesday. No, Tuesday. I don't yeah. remember anymore. Um, <laughs> all right. So we've got Hades, which is very exciting. I did not see this coming. I didn't think it would mm-hmm. happen, actually, because of their, their history, I think, with PlayStation quite a bit. Yeah. I thought it would go there first. It's on PC. But it is a timed exclusive release on Switch this fall. So no games on Switch. Get look look forward for Hades. It's gonna be a great game. Um so that one's definitely coming out. We didn't even get a date. Mm-hmm. Hypnospace Outlaw uh, is out August twenty seventh, Spirit Fair, as Garrett already covered. Um Garden Story. So uh, it's like Stardew Valley. It's out twenty twenty one with Subnautica and Subnautica below zero. Takeshi and Hiroshi. Uh, stop motion RPG that was out right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raji is also out today. Uh, Raji and Ancient Epic. Um, I am excited for that one. I played the demo when it was on the Xbox store. Um, I like it. It's kind of like Darksiders Genesis meets like uh, like an old Prince of Persia. I think it's kind of uh, cool. if you like like the action type of exploration platformer type stuff. It's got a lot of that in there. And then the whole thing is themed, obviously, in like you know. Um, like Indian religious, you know, mm-hmm. um, stuff. So it's, it's, it's new and it's different. I didn't buy it yet. I think it's going to come to Game Pass. So that's why I didn't buy it. This is one of those ones where uh, half the games that came out are coming to Game Pass. So yeah, I think this is going to come too. So yeah, I'm just waiting. Uh, Baron Breakfast is a little uh, management game that's out 2021. A short hike, which played on PC is out right away. And, uh, that's a really, really fun game. I like it quite a bit. Uh, if I remember from our conversation, Rebecca, it's seven bucks, right? Um, it's seven ninety nine, but Eight I bucks. think uh, for the first couple days, it's on sale for like seven nineteen or something like that. Nice, nice. That's a great little exploration game. It's very cute. It's very Animal Crossing kind of esque, and uh, you can have fun, walk around, do a little adventure game. I liked it. Um, Card Shark is a card game's out twenty twenty one. Torchlight three. Uh, Manifold Garden out right away in the thing, and so is Evergate, uh, which is the, a lot of people are going to draw comparisons to Ori, mm-hmm. which we will touch on um, after this. And then their one final thing was an entitled Goose Game update to feature co-op, which comes to all platforms September 23rd. 
and a reminder that reminder that there's a physical version. And then the thing that I was most excited for was the sizzle reel. The sizzle reel got me mm-hmm. more excited the entire show. <laughs> In the sizzle reel, they show the Red Lantern, and they did reconfirm that it's coming out this fall. And I'd been just been assuming that the thing had been long delayed. So that's exciting. They mm-hmm. also showed Inmost and Goner 2. In the Sizzle Reel. The Sizzle Reel had great games. Um, mm-hmm. So as I open it up for conversation, I just want to say, I thought this presentation was great. Um, when it comes I to think it indie, was their best indie direct so far. Yeah, when it comes to an indie thing, they had a lot to show and a lot of variety and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't ex- particularly like moved to buy anything right away. Um, mm-hmm. I'm definitely probably going to get, and that's just because of Game Pass and Apple Arcade. A lot of this mm-hmm. stuff I've already tried, I've already bought. If I hadn't, I definitely would be buying it. I think a short hike is worth buying. Um, but I've already tried Manifold Garden, and I've already tried Inmost, and mm-hmm. Spirit Fair is on Game Pass, and so is Hypnospace. And so the only thing that I was a day one purchase for me out of this Direct is um, the Red Lantern and Hades. Those are definitely mm-hmm. day one buys for me. But uh, nevertheless, I think everything looked great. What did you guys think? Yeah, every game seemed to serve a specific audience. Like I, I was going yeah. through, it's like, okay, there's at least three games that I'm think like I'm gonna put interest in, but they didn't have a tactical RPG. What is <laughs> what is wrong? With it's it? not like you have a lack of, of, of options. <laughs> You're right. You're I right. could go no, a little while without them announcing three or four at a time. It feels like <laughs> the last two years everything they've announced has had one of them in there. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Um, <laughs> for sure, um, Hades. It, I have it on PC. I played it like the preview. It is a fantastic super giant game. Yeah. Just remember, it's a roguelite. All right. If you like roguelites, you're gonna like this game. And if you don't like roguelite, probably you're not. gonna play for a couple hours and yep. think it's a good game and just probably drop it. I'm gonna buy I it think anyway. that. Okay, good. Okay, I, I love those devs to death, man. Yeah, they, they they do such a great job with their games, and they have Transistor and Bastion on sale for Switch. Please get them. I They're wish so we good. could. I mean, we said it in the chat the day they came out, but I was. I wish we could gift stuff. I would buy people copies yes. of the game, not even just people, just random codes. I would just put on Twitter. I would just propagate mm-hmm. <laughs> the game if I could, um, because Bastion's like two fifty. It's insane yeah. for how good that game is on Switch, no less. Even if you've played it before, it's still great just to have on your Switch to have the option to play it on the go. You know, one day in the future, it's worth two dollars. Jeez. Yeah. So. What do you think, Rebecca? I I am interested in a lot of the games here. I might double dip on a short hike. I cannot express enough how much of a wholesome game that is. It's short. It's quick. It's, you know, it's more of an experience, I think, than a game. I think if, if you're ever looking for something that you want to play for a couple hours to put you in a really good mood, get a short hike. Yeah. Um, it is guaranteed to put a smile on your face. Um, I won't spoil what happens at the end, but it's really the end that that makes you feel like, okay, this was a satisfying journey. Um, I'm also interested in the Red, La- uh, Red Lantern. I will get that day one uh, when it comes out in the fall. Um, the other ones that I, I don't know if I'll get them day one, but that um, kind of piqued my interest a little bit are Garden Story because it looks so much like Stardew Valley. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think that's that's a game that I know I would enjoy playing. Um, and then something Do you think that girls would like that one? Mm-hmm. Not women, <laughs> but females, they have to be all mine. Females. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why you do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. You were you were hot under oh, the collar man. for for good reason. I'm not making fun of you. I'm I'm having I'm having fun of the situation, but for good reason. What a what a terrible approach. Like what a terrible way to. Like I read the first sentence of that, and my wife was like, "What." <laughs> 
<laughs> your wife's not even like a no, you know, gamer not. like we are, and even she sees it. She's like, girls, not women, what? <laughs> <laughs> and oh I, I mean, I, look, I, I can only sympathize with you because if I think it's so ridiculous to try and I get the idea, we're going to try to. I, 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 that's the weird thing. It's the, the principle of the article I didn't actually hate. It's like, hey, let's recommend some games for mm-hmm. this segment of the population that might be underrepresented. Like, you may not have a lot of recommendations and stuff like that. But then I thought about it. I was like, I would hate for anybody to recommend games to me because I'm a dude. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. have you seen the games that I play? That. They're so weird and random. Like, nobody <laughs> would hit that. There'd be no, like, hey, guys, uh, Fire Emblem Ori, PGA Tour, Doom. <laughs> you know, like, that's not going to make a list for anybody. Those are my personal preferences. And It's obvious it was meant for casual gamers. And it was written mm-hmm. under the guise of, okay, this is for women. But I just don't know why E3 retweeted it. Like, it was seriously obviously a It was thing. pandering, though. Even in its core, it was still, like, pandering in the worst ways. So, mm-hmm. um I'm with you. I, I, I like how angry you were, but yes, I definitely was not going to let the opportunity to go by. Not to tease a little. I don't normally go off, but I went off. <laughs> I like anyway. it. Edge. <laughs> anyway, the only awesome. other game that really piqued my interest a little bit, um, which is not really my type of game, but Subnautica. Mm-hmm. Okay. Zero. Um, I'm really not about those type of, okay, like open world survival management type games, but the the Below Zero Arctic one looks really pretty. I think that, you know, depending on the price, how well it does, I don't know, on the Switch, mm-hmm. maybe somewhere down the line if I'm ever looking for something like that to play. It looked sure. interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good little indie world recap. Um, I did want to touch on Oceanhorn 2 in the comments that I made a couple weeks ago. I was corrected. By Daniel in our Discord that uh, mm-hmm. apparently the game got an update for 60 frames over on Arcade. I haven't played it since since it released, so it got a lot better. Um, I did, though, I did reiterate a strong faith. still don't think it's a good game, even if it ran at 60 mm-hmm. frames. I feel like it's a middling game. Um, it's not a bad game. It's just kind of middling. It's like, hey, we do some of the things that Zelda does, so you should like it. And it's like, eh, but it's not Zelda. You know, it's kind of like that. Gotcha. Um, they did have a whole update, though, on their website to give them credit. Talk about their Switch port and all the fine details they're doing to, as I think they said, highly optimize this port. So if you're into mm-hmm. Oceanhorn or if you liked it or if you just want to try a Zelda thing, uh, Oceanhorn 2, maybe give it a try or at least check out some reviews. I saw a out. video. It's It looks super smooth. That's, it's like, the, that's kind of the thing, though, with Oceanhorn is that the videos really? always look great. Okay, like I've okay. never, I can't tell you how excited I was for Oceanhorn 2. I mm-hmm. followed it for like a year. And then when I finally could get into it, I bought it on Steam. That's how into the game I was. Mm. I bought it on Steam. And if anybody that follows us on Discord know, I hate Steam. Like I only go there to play a game that I just cannot play anywhere else. And I was like, I'm buying Oceanhorn the moment it's available. I played the game for like 50 minutes and I was like, oh. And that's just kind of yeah. my, that's my feelings with Oceanhorn. And it's like yeah, I said, it's gotcha. not awful. It's just middling. It's just... You know, don't bring your expectations too high. It's not as good, right? Don't yeah. expect to be like, oh my god, it's Skyward Sword. It's not. <laughs> it looks like a weird hybrid of Skyward Sword and uh, Wind Waker. Yeah, and the first one was like a Wind Waker type clone, and I was like, oh, it's gonna be great, but it's not. Sports story has sadly been delayed. Wow. In a post, wow. they write, "We must sadly announce a delay." 
We want to take some time to work on Sports Story and ensure that everything makes it into the game. The game has become rather ambitious, and we are excited about how it could turn out. But the price is currently being paid as we try to make our plans into reality. We are eager to reveal the results of these past two years, so please look forward to future updates. And I'm not sure if you guys saw it, but I did detail that they released a little funny trailer of all the little golf people sitting in a pro shop, and Coach mm-hmm. was like, hey, we're sorry that we have to miss it. And then all the starting people just started like quipping up. They're like, hey, should we tell them about the vampires? He's like, no, stop talking. He's like, what about the secret level under the hotel? No. What about cricket? No. Soccer? No. <laughs> I love the humor That's behind awesome. those developers. It was it hilarious. On point. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that they announced it when they did because I was totally expecting it in the world until they announced it. I think it was the day before. So mm-hmm. Womp Womp, Sports Story, probably 2021. Yeah. Um, but excited to hear that they are really ambitious with the project. Maybe it'll be a whole new take. So mm-hmm. Skyward Sword coming in the Nintendo Switch. We've talked about it and we have a little bit more evidence as Amazon UK have delivered us a placeholder for the Wii Zelda game. In the description underneath the section listing, there appears to be a placeholder release date of January 2030. So that you could pre-order for $70 until it was taken down. Um, the only other really notable fact besides the rumors, if you remember, Eiji Onuma proclaimed to the audience of the Legend of Zelda concert in Japan, we know what you're thinking, Skyward Sword on Switch, right? Back in uh, 2018. So uh, it's coming. Like, I'm pretty sure that he would have never said yeah. that to begin with if it wasn't coming. And, I mean, uh, it's inevitable at some point, right? Whether sure. it's soon or not, they're not going to not remake a Zelda game sometime. Yeah. Of then course. bringing all the Wii U ports over is like, okay, we got to bring the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword over. It's easy like, money. Yeah. And Sorry, it's, it's Wii. Sorry, not Wii U. Well, they have a history of it, though. That's the other thing yeah. is that sometimes I think Zelda fans, we act like they don't, but they do. Right? Like, they brought um, Majora and Ocarina to GameCube. They brought Twilight yeah. Princess to Wii. They brought Skyward Sword and Wind Waker and Twilight Princess to if Wii. If you look at the, um, the, the time frame for when they brought Wind Waker and uh, Twilight Princess, I forget which was which, but one was um, one was 10 years, one was 11 years after the original release. It's only been mm-hmm. nine years since Skyward Sword, and I think that game would take a lot more to... Um, to remaster and port just because of how different of a game it was with Mm -hmm. um the control the The control scheme um so i think part of me thinks nine years later is a little early for them to remaster it um but i i'm absolutely positive it's something they're thinking about and something that is in the works the controls would take the the most amount of time not just necessarily because it's motion because of how motion is baked into the game it Mm. was perfect motion right we motion plus and there were so many enemy types and things that you had to do horizontally then set up vertical and they would have to recreate that either on a controller or they'd have to change that mechanic entirely and i think that they would keep it and just recreate it um i would think they would have a pro controller control scheme with it though right I've heard people saying that uh, the game is emulated on uh, what is it, Dolphin? Dolphin, yeah. Um, Dolphin. That they use the the right uh, control stick to do the sort of like you push a button and then you use the yeah, uh, the other control that. stick, which to me sounds like a really awful experience yeah, to I play that. Mm-hmm. That sounds horrible. That would just because probably... of how many specific puzzles there are. Like it's like Danny said, is people who are saying that they want and I want traditional controls for this game too. Um, you know, I think that the the motion is a really big barrier barrier, especially for accessibility reasons Mm -hmm. um but thinking about it logically that is that is going to be a big 
project for them to mm-hmm. they have to remake it that game for, for traditional controls yep. i want it to but i don't know how realistic that is to make it a good experience we got switch Lite as well so like people are not going to have probably joy cons out the gate sometimes when we need motion control. And I think it's a I think it's an experiment that they learned with Twilight Princess that although I do think it was cool. I, I like Skyward Sword. I think it was cool what they did with it. I just don't think that's the way that many people prefer to play a game. And I think Nintendo learned that lesson. I think the Switch is evidence that they learned that lesson mm-hmm. by far. So I don't think they would want to do it either. Like I, I would hope that maybe they keep the option, but I, I think if they're going to, I would hope that if they're going to actually redo Skyward Sword, they're going to redo it correctly and, and give you a proper control scheme. I would okay. hope um, just to maximize the people that would play it. Because if they don't, I think there's a lot of people that wouldn't replay it. And I'd probably be one of them. And I love Zelda. Yeah. It's my favorite franchise. But if it was motion controls based, I probably would skip it. I have it on Wii U. You know, it would have to be jaw droppingly different visually. And I don't think the Switch is capable of that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do hope they redo it and I do, I'd be really excited for it because I think it would, um, it'd be great. I, um, I mean, both of you have listened to Shaq, so you guys know, <laughs> like, I don't share the same love for Skyward Sword that Carol does. Caroline loves this freaking game. It's like her game. Um, I don't, I think it's probably one of my, I think the, 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 if I remember the episode correctly, I think I told her it was one of my lesser favorite 3D games and I almost got, I could feel the heat <laughs> coming through the, um, but it's that's like to say, like, I love all Zelda games. I was going to say, is there really a bad 3D Zelda game? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I like one Skyward Sword be way be better than Majora's Mask. So, you know, in that regard, Ooh. way Ooh. better. But You're gonna I have mean, some fans after you. <laughs> but Twilight Princess, Wind Waker, Breath of the Wild, of course. Like I love all of those way more than Skyward Sword. But that doesn't take away that I would love to see Skyward Sword done correctly because there are some amazing moments as well as Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword Skyward has Sword a lot of things right. And it's got the best music. The it has best. great dungeons. Dungeons are the best. Yeah, so it does yeah. a lot of things that are really good. And if they really remade it and they gave it the full remake that it, I think it deserves. That art style, by the way was tremendous on Wii. I remember the day I got my gold Wii mote and brought it home and put it on the Wii and I was like, this is crazy. Like the Wii games don't look this good. Um, you know, because it was pretty late in the Wii cycle and we'd seen HD gaming yeah. for years on Xbox and you know, Skyward Sword still holds up. Even on it's like a Wii U port on the eShop, it still looks it's a good looking game just because mm-hmm. of the style. So an HD version, you can see HD versions if you go on YouTube and you do dolphin and stuff. People have done texture packs and stuff like that. Yeah. It looks great. So I would I would like to see it back. I, I, I don't think um, my, I think my biggest issue with Skyward Sword is I don't think the flying is as fun or as captivating as the, the sailing. Like I could the same see them, thing, um, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see them uh, giving that a little bit of a quality of life treatment the same way that they gave the quick sail in Wind Waker to yeah. make it just a better experience, you know, better controls for it, maybe flying faster waypoints, maybe you just zoom to where you want to go. Yep, I agree. Tony W. wants to know, what Zelda game would you most want to see remade and why? And uh, he postulates Zelda 2 remake, but he knows that he's in the minority. Rebecca. Um, I can't help but still want the Skyward Sword remake. I know a lot of the things mm-hmm. that we just talked about um, are good reasons why people don't want it remade. I did really like it. And, you know, I, I did... Um, I didn't have as much of a problem with the motion control as other people did. I think this game could benefit from a remake more than probably any other Zelda game that hasn't been remade so far. Um, I know that's kind of a boring answer, but I I think that's my pick. I'm going to go with Ocarina. 
long time. Um, okay. And it's only because I think I think you're right. Skyward Sword, I think, has the most to gain from a remake. But Ocarina of Time, I think, might be the most deserving. And that's only because of this special pedestal that I put it, that it kind of, in gaming. Um, for all the things you guys heard me gush over Mario 64, it's that with Ocarina of Time. What Ocarina of Time did for Zelda, I think, should be preserved forever. And I would love to see... I would love to see like a Link Between Worlds take on Ocarina, where so much of when I was mm-hmm. playing Link Between Worlds, I was like, it's just Link to the Past, but it's different, right? But it's but it's not. I would love to see them do Ocarina of Time with a new story, but it is Ocarina of Time, but it's but it's different. I think they, mm-hmm. they switch it up a bit. I think it would be amazing. And if they came with like a port of a remake in the engine as well of like the original, that would be that would be forever cool. I think that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Not not switch it up like Master Quest where everything's out of order. Literally just kind of do a different story in the entire mm-hmm. same map and universe. Where the world is the same. Yeah. You have all the characters. Everything is where you expect it to be, mm-hmm. but it's totally different. New villain, new everything. I think that would be amazing. And um, I mean, I love remasters, remakes. I like ports. It's a thing that, that I, I always bring up. There are certain games that I think are always deserving. And I think the best of the best games should always be kept up to date and be made available. And Ocarina is one of them. And I know it's great on 3DS, but that's on 3DS and 3DS is old now. Now people no, are on not. Switch and everything. So, you know, I, I would be <laughs> Don't all tell for me it. this. I would be all for bringing it over to Switch, doing something. Yeah, I, I would be happy about that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I haven't played a ton of Zelda games, as you know. I'm not the biggest Zelda fan, um, but I, you know, I, I played um, probably like four or five of them. The most of what I want to remake and just solely because I want that art style to be like a link between worlds is a link to the past. Um, it is a it is a good game, a great game of in itself. Um, I just want to see it like kind of uniform with a link between worlds and kind of see it as like a twin package. Um, Ooh, link like between that. worlds and link to the past coming to switch. And it's like, that would be cool. What I when you said that I originally like it hit me right in the face is like a like a, a like a reverse cover. Yeah. Like a flip cover, like on the box, on the box. You, you see that? Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. it hit me immediately. I was like, that totally works, Gary. That's real good. Yeah, yeah. So it, I, I think that would be uh, super cool. Um, I'm trying to think of any other Zelda games I play that needs a remake. I played the DS games, the Phantom Hourglass mm-hmm. and Spirit Tracks. Popular I don't remember. Candidates. Yeah, use remakes for sure. Yeah, they. Could, I, I guess so. I, it's been a while since I've played them. Um, did it had a lot of touchscreen related things with that game? Okay, mm-hmm. with the touchscreen. Yeah, that yeah, that's the whole that, thing. Style yeah. Sorry, guys, I just don't remember much. No, <laughs> those dungeons. Those are forgettable games. The yeah. Spirit Tracks dungeons are Rough. kind of a pain. Yeah. Okay. With the stylus and everything, I wouldn't want to play them again. Um, and I don't think they work without the other ones. The only thing that I like about them is that they continued on Wind Waker, which is something that I would. But what if they remade it to be more modern with sure. like regular controls? I mean, I yeah. feel like it's easier to switch touch controls to traditional controls than it is from Skyward Sword's motion controls to traditional controls. Maybe. Yeah. Kind of similar to like, you know, Pikmin that had touchscreen controls. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they're porting it over there. So, yeah, that's my answer. Link to the past. Package it with Link Between Worlds. It was all a million dollar idea. Then the coup de grace that I wanted to talk about with this topic was what would we like to do? And a 35th anniversary for Zelda. So we talked a little bit about it with Grub, right? We basically just mentioned, like, is it possible? Could we have the possibility of a 35th anniversary? And, you know, when the Mario rumors leaked, Rebecca was quick to point out that we don't normally get anniversary celebrations from Nintendo. So I don't want to get people hopeful. Um, but all those trademarks did come out, just like they did yeah. for Mario. So if there's if there was ever a possibility of them doing one, 
now is it. So let's say we get this Mario All-Stars 3D world, whatever, and we turn our attention towards 2021 and they start saying like, hey, we're going to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Zelda. What does that mean? Didn't Skyward Sword come out for the 25th uh, anniversary? And that's why you got the gold controller and the big box. I still have those. Mm-hmm. I still those are one thing. I like I said, I never got rid of my Zelda games. I still have the big box and I got the Wiimote and everything. My my son loves playing. That's the thing that Caroline would hate to hear is we we play with the Wiimote. <laughs> 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 we take it out. We actually use it. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, <laughs> we're we're eyeing towards you, Rebecca. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I I. Do you want me to come up with my dream collection or just... I mean... I, I want Breath of the Wild 2 to come out. <laughs> so, okay, that's a good place to start because here's the thing. You could do a 35th anniversary of Celebration of Zelda. And I feel like if you're going to do that and make a big deal out of it, I want to say that means that Breath of the Wild has to be out. But at the same time, I could also see you saying, we're going to do this because Breath of the Wild isn't going to be out. <laughs> like, yeah. I could see both yeah. of those things being true. So mm-hmm. I don't know which way. Here's the thing. If Breath of the Wild 2 isn't next year, then I would be really happy that they were doing 35th anniversary of Zelda to kind of make up for it while we wait. That would okay, be fantastic. Okay, I have an answer. I okay. think we talked about this in the Discord recently. I want my Zelda Dungeon Maker game. Okay. There we go. The same thing as, as Super Mario Maker, but a Zelda Dungeon and have it include the original Zelda 1, yep. um, the original mm-hmm. Zelda 1 style, a Link to the Past style, mm-hmm. um, the um, the new Link uh, Link's Awakening style. Link's Awakening, yeah. Uh, Minish Cap and A Link Between Worlds style. Uh, Top down, you know, very simple with assets for people to make. You don't have to worry about the 3D environments. Um, you know, I've seen people talk about like shrine makers or whatever. I think that's too complex for the average mm-hmm. person to make. So keep it all top down. Just keep it limited to dungeons. Um, you can choose, you know, which starting items you have, um, you know, what treasure tests and items you get throughout the dungeon um and then stick one of the bosses at the end from whatever that uh that uh game Mm -hmm. styles bosses are um and you could do you could do a lot of i think crazy things with it the way that people have done with super mario maker Mm. um you could make a more puzzle based you can make a more action based um i know that we did see every time i bring this up people you know, jump down my throat saying, okay, but we have the Dungeon Maker and Link's Awakening. But it's not. It's really not. The uh, For one, it's only uh, the rooms that you can piece together of already existing rooms uh, from the dungeons in that game. Mm. So you're not really creating your own rooms. Yeah. You're not putting your own things in it. Um, so it's just stitching together rooms, you know, that are already in the game. They have no flow. Um, second of all, they have no, yeah, they have, you can't really create anything yourself. There's yeah. only so mm-hmm. many connections that you could do. Um, the the second thing is you can't share them. You can save them to an amiibo and mm. give it to your friend and okay, then they can That's play so it. That's so weird. <laughs> but no, if anyone's done that, please tell me because I don't think anybody's done that. It's not no, not in the year of COVID, that's for sure. No. <laughs> um, so anybody who tells me, I'm that gonna that's mail like, you an amiibo. Mail me an amiibo. Like that's here's the dungeon. Do it, <laughs> and then I'll be able to play your Zelda Dungeon Maker game that you just pieced together already existing rooms. It's nothing that you created. Right. Um, 
So no, I think that might have been them testing the water for what a Zelda Dungeon Maker could mm-hmm. be. Absolutely was. Um, so I really do think that this is something that they will do someday. And this is my dream game. And I would put more hours into this than any other game. Like I feel so passionately about this gaming mm-hmm. thing. That's my dream Zelda 35th anniversary, uh, a Zelda Dungeon Maker, like Super Mario Maker. Okay. I keep talking, Bef- I'll stop. Yeah. Before Donnie gets into this, I'm yeah, going to rain on that parade a little. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to fully support this idea. Okay. Because I think the way I think and what I want to create levels is like Zelda, 2D Zelda. I want to make a puzzle, whereas I don't really care for platformers as much. So Mario Maker to me, it doesn't really interest me that much, putting different types of enemies or blocks or how, how to bring the Mario character over. I want other people to challenge me with that. I don't really care about creating levels, but like creating puzzles that are pretty tricky and like very like elaborate or innovative i think people can be very creative with with zelda dungeons um and i know mario gets their crazy levels always be trash levels i know that's going to be donnie's argument that people that's not my argument at all okay okay that's an argument that i've heard but for every trash level there's also good levels yeah and you have your ratings and and everything so i don't Um, know i i just think the way i think i would really like all right i'm gonna start with garrett garrett you need to play mario maker because mm. Mario Maker has puzzles, extremely elaborate puzzles, if that's what you're looking for. It's got that in droves. It's really fun. All right. Um, I'm not against the idea. Don't get me wrong. And I think I told you this in the chat. I'm not against the idea. I know that there are people that would like it. And if they made it, I'd be happy for you. That actually might be one of the first new Zelda games that I would just not play. Um, it's just not for me. Um it's okay. I think the it, it is. Yeah, it's, it's totally okay. Mm-hmm. The dungeons of Zelda, I don't want to say like they're my least favorite thing because that wouldn't be right. It's just I don't play Zelda for dungeons. Like I've never been like, you know what I want? An endless dungeon that never ends. When mm-hmm. I play the dungeons, it's always with a goal in mind. I'm playing the dungeon to get the hookshot or to get the sword so I can go beat the boss. And without having that that narrative compulsion to do it that motivation it's like i feel like if i was playing a dungeon maker i think the part that i would have a hard time coming to grips with was what's the achievement like what are we doing Mm. with the dungeon because in zelda beating the dungeon is always a means of progressing the game i don't want to play a game where i just keep playing dungeons over and over it's like what's the point that's See, kind to of where me, I the am dungeons dungeon are the maker. best part of a Zelda game. I, I don't ever play Zelda for the story. I don't think any... The, the Zelda games that do have a good story, I feel like, are okay at best compared to other mm-hmm. games. Um, I, I play Zelda for the dungeons. I think when I think about Zelda games, the games that I love the most in the series, I think about the dungeons that stand out. Um, you know, we talked in previous podcasts about how great the Forest Temple is. Yeah, um, you so know, we we go on, and, and I feel like these are the parts of the games that stand out to you when you think about each Zelda game. You think about okay, well, what were the enemies in it? We were talking about like the Wall Masters in the in the, the Forest Temple, and sure. you know mm-hmm. how we were flipping the uh, the the um, orientation of the dungeon. Like those are all things that stand out. They're puzzles within it, and I, I get what you're talking about about like um, the means to the end um, of solving the dungeon. But I feel like you come out of a dungeon with okay, I achieved this. Like I, it does progress the story, but it's also a standalone. It's not necessarily. I just the story, though. I, I, I agree with you there. Like, Zelda's mm-hmm. story is very safe, and it's very samey most of the time. So I'm with you there, but it's not necessarily the story. And it goes back to what I was talking about with Garrett with Ocarina. I play Zelda for the discovery and the exploration. 
I like traversal. I like variety. I like that everything's connected and we have this, this narrative drive, right? However loose it is, I still have this drive forward. And mm-hmm. I feel like if you take that out of Zelda, like, I don't know. And it might just be that I'm not, and I've said this before, I'm not like the 2D Zelda fan that I am the 3D Zelda mm-hmm. fan. That might be it. I didn't like Link's Awakening as much as everybody else. It's, it's fine. Don't get me wrong. It's good. Um, but I, I never want to replay Link's Awakening again. Like I'm good. Um, whereas I just told you I want to, you know, another re-release of Ocarina. And I would buy it for $60 and play it a bunch, a bunch of over and over again. So that might have a lot to do with it. Just the 2D versus 3D part. I think, I think that's the bigger thing. I, I think it. you're thinking that it's the dungeons, but I think you're just not a 2D Zelda person. As that might much be true. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. that don't like the 3D. I know somebody who doesn't play any of the 3D Zelda games, but loves the 2D game. Wow, um, and they're some of my favorites too. <laughs> um, um, it's true though. Like it's, it's I mean, to back you up. The original Mario Maker with the Amiibo, playing some of the Zelda courses that were themed with Link were some of my favorite things to do. But the difference was it was platform. It was action. It was me doing actions to do and stuff. And you're more right. of a platformer person than yeah. I am, which is, you know, you like Super mm-hmm. Mario Maker, whereas I'm not, everybody knows I'm not a platform person, but I love those top down games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's, that's your game. This is my game. Sure. Yeah, like I said, I wouldn't be against it. I wouldn't be against it at all. I think it's cool. Like, if if it actually happened, I would support the folks who do it. And I probably Mm -hmm. would buy it just because I buy and have everything Zelda. Um, But I I don't think I would be – I'm not interested in that. (laughs) I have zero interest in that idea. When people say it, I'm just like, I don't want to play that. Um, It would be cool, though, if it had – like Mario Maker 2 has a narrative. It would be cool if it had something like that. Um, Maybe they add a story mode to it. That that would get me. But just playing a random dungeon – for random sake, I'm just like, why? <laughs> I have zero motivation to do so. Four hours, you know, take user levels, make a stream out of it. That's my game. I think always, like, with a Zelda game for me, it's like the next goal is like, okay, where's the next dungeon? Like, that's what I'm doing with Ocarina of Time. It's like, all right, I'm done with the Shadow Temple. Okay, what's the next dungeon? It's mm-hmm. like... Um, because Zelda does it best. They, it, that's the series that does that concept the best. And that's what interests me a lot, too. Like, the story, as you said, the story is just fine. And, like, it's an older game, so it's a bit dated. Um, but, like, for me, uh, it, what keeps me interested, like, now, like, playing it right now is the dungeons and how creative those puzzles are. Um, and then, again, with A Link to the Past, Link Between Worlds, for me, it's like, where are the dungeons? There's a lot of dungeons in there. Oh, boy, I'm going to have a good time. So, Soundscape brings up a really good point. He says, if we could play four sword styles and custom dungeons, that would get me. If I could play with you. I think I would. Oh, cool. That I'm would sure be something else. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because now that's a little extra motivation. I'm playing with friends. Because yeah. didn't they add that in Super Mario Maker 2? Yeah. Co-op? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. Yep. Let's do it. My 35th anniversary plans would be basically what I said, Jeff Grubb. Like, I think you take the Twilight Princess remaster, mm-hmm. which looks still incredibly visual, by the way. There are some, like, bloom lighting and twilight areas in that game that look great on even on Wii U. And you take Wind Waker my favorite Zelda. Like I love when I think of Zelda, when I think of Link, I think of Wind Waker Link. Like that's my mm. quintessential. That's what I think of. So I love Wind Waker and you release those as like a collection. I've always said a double pack. I would love a double pack with both of them. I think it'd be great. The HD Zelda double pack, but if they could actually do like an all-stars, which I don't think they would. I told you guys that yeah. with Jeff Grab. I don't think they would. By the way, Thank you guys so much for like doing this with us. I forgot to tell you, like, I didn't, I know I said it on Twitter, but we had Jeff Grubb on and it was a freaking yeah. awesome show and it, it was a blast. Amazing. And, uh, he was just, a pleasure. Thank you guys so much. 
you know, for joining the show and, and, and helping take it, carry it forward. Like it's, it's been wonderful having you guys. Um, so Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, I think you do a remaster for Link Between Worlds, which I feel mm-hmm. better about now that I've played like Link's Awakening. <laughs> like when I played Link Between Worlds, I was like, it's Link to the Past. Like I get it, but I don't get like game of the year, 10 out of 10, get it, right? I was, right. It's like an Odyssey thing for me. It's like, I get it. It's fun. Um, but then I played Link's Awakening. I was like, oh, Link Between Worlds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's better than I think it is. So uh, that would be great. And then I would culminate the year with Breath of the Wild 2. And I think that'd be a great way to celebrate, you know, the celebration 35th anniversary of Zelda. Are you, Garrett? Uh, I mean, you guys said it out, right? I like I like more of the Zelda Dungeon Maker. But like if that with Breath of the Wild 2 next year, I think I'll be more than happy. Um, I- I'm just thinking about what Zelda games I need to play. And I would like to get, I would like to get you know Wind Waker and Twilight Princess on the Switch. Wind Waker is must must have stuff in my opinion. I I mean I do have it on PC, but like you but know if if but if I'm able to buy it, like yeah. I think that that feels better to me, like having it on the Switch and like seeing the icon there. I think it's going to be inevitable. And Rebecca and like, I agree. Wind Waker best combat in series. Oh, okay. I'm so uh, sh- like. Kind of let down that they've never gone back to it. Polished, yeah. It's so like much fun. So smooth, yeah. You can steal stuff from enemies. <laughs> you can That's take so cool. stuff out of it. Like it's, yeah, it's really good. Oh, and funny memory. I remember playing Wind Waker for one hour or so because my grandmother has it. He, she has the, the Wii U Wind Waker Special Edition. Yes. And, and Wind Waker. Your I grandma's the coolest grandma in the world. <laughs> I know, right? And, and then she didn't care for it because she loved the 2D oh, Zelda mind. games I more. Previous <laughs> we have audiences who like the 2D, Garrett's yeah. grandma. Yeah. Um, she's not used to 3D controls, too. Yeah, it's yeah. like in our mentality. But like it was so weird because I was in college still because I was only staying there for like maybe, I don't know, half a day or something. And then I'd go back to college for like the remainder of the year and I just forget about Wind Waker. I was like, wait, my grandma has that. Why haven't I played it yet? Yeah, man. <laughs> I will say I think the the HD version of the game is significantly better um, than the original. I don't mm-hmm. always say that, but I think just so many quality of life updates that they added to that game and the visuals are just... The bloom lighting is, it's everything that you ever wanted it to be. And then mm-hmm. when I think of what that game could be on Switch, I point to Hyrule Warriors. If you look at what Hyrule Warriors does on Wii U, and then you look at the Switch version side by side, it's so mm-hmm. much more vibrant and brighter. And if you took that same approach to even Wind Waker, like you might need sunglasses to to play the game. <laughs> um, it just has that beach tone, like to a T, it makes you feel that, like that world that it presents. And yeah, mm-hmm. the art style, still my my favorite art style in a Zelda game, um, mm-hmm. Shogun Ganon. I mean, it's it's so yeah. so freaking good. Uh, when you finally get to the castle and everything's all like monotone and everything, and it's so good. I, you guys, see, I freaking love this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's took, okay. it took it's Breath of the Wild, and I had to beat Breath of the Wild twice to like really go. It's better than because Wind Waker is my favorite game. Twenty years of my life, I love right. that game so. Um, yeah, literally Wind Waker alone would be a great year. <laughs> like, like just having it again would be fantastic. Um, Tony Hawk could release on Nintendo Switch. It's possible, folks. Um, Activision's recent warehouse demo on, uh, for Tony Hawk, which I played last weekend and might be recording mm-hmm. a podcast about it next week. Um, there's some hidden hope there for Switch owners. There are, uh, vectors and screens for Switch and Joy-Con controls in that demo. If you go and, do mm-hmm. the library. So maybe they're working on it or not to rain everybody's parade, but maybe they th- tried it and it didn't work and they 
<laughs> the accident. But either way, right, at some point in time, they were thinking about it. So I hope Tony Hawk comes to Switch. Um, mm-hmm. I love this game. And uh, yeah. talk about d- uh, documentaries. Uh, I-, I watched uh, Pretending You're a Superman, which is a documentary of the game. And it just released this past week. And I've got Chalfie, who who's a skater and podcaster, mm-hmm. friend of the community. He's coming over to Xbox Empire with me next week. We're going to talk about Tony Hawk because I'm so excited for this game. And um, I hope it comes to Switch. I'll definitely buy it twice. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, Nintendo fans, if you play Tony Hawk on your 64, uh, don't don't give up hope yet. It might it might happen. So You're, it's Activision, right? Mm-hmm. You know, with Spyro and Crash, they, they follow. They're about a year thing. behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crash team racing everything's, everything just kind of follows exactly. yeah. Um, it could be good though it could be good I, I tell you I played the warehouse demo and everything looks and feels right I mean it's, right. it's very good Retro cut the internet talking about Metroid last week when they posted <laughs> a job for the lead producer of Metroid Prime 4 oh boy Um. alright there's about 10 open positions at Retro and just to catch everybody else, uh, Metroid Prime 4 was announced in 2017 at E3. It was rebooted in January of last year. And yeah, like, I don't know if you can actually extrapolate a whole lot from this. I do, but mm-hmm. there are like, they could just be, they could have had people just come and go, right? Like that happens a lot and this could just be a job or this could mean what a lot of people are thinking it means. And They do hire, um, you know, lead, what, what is the position? Lead producer. They do hire those types of positions, um, multiple of them. There's not just one of them. They hire them throughout the entire cycle of game development. That's true. Um, I wouldn't take this and worry, um, you know, I to do. be honest. I, I think that there's other reasons to worry. I don't think this is necessarily one of them. I think that's fair. That's fair. I'm worried that, like, is retro retro still? There's a little part of me that worries about yeah. that. And then I'm also worried about this game's development, everything that's going on. Like, we talked about what several podcasts ago, but I don't think this game comes out. Like, if it was 2022, I'd be surprised, to be quite honest. Yeah. Honestly, the good news is, though, I feel like they they aren't rushing this. They're not putting out a, a game that's going to be of low quality. They easily could. This isn't a, a series that historically sells well. That's um, true, but that's just not an Nintendo. a passion project for them. Um, mm. They want to get it right. Yeah. Um, so I think it, despite if they're, they're bringing in more people, if they're taking their time with it, to me, that's not bad news. No, mm-hmm. that's true. And we haven't really heard. Get it. We haven't heard much from, uh, heard anything from Retro Zero. And like nope. normally when I hear a studio is in turmoil, like we would hear something about it. To there be fair, we don't really hear anything from Retro January to begin 1st. They've yeah. been radio silent on Twitter since January 1st. That yeah. posting was breaking their silence. Wow. I don't think okay. we've ever really heard of anything from Retro ever. That's mm-hmm. kind of the, I think the mystery that people are fond of trying to cover retro because they, they're really kind of quiet. And that's the thing, you know, retros like the people that made Metro prime, they left, like they went to halo and other things. Like they're not all there anymore. Maybe some of these job openings are their way of trying to will some of those people back in too. It's another like optimistic way of looking at it. But, um, I have, I have no doubt that retro is capable of making good games. Like we saw tropical freeze. It's a fantastic game. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be the Metro prime, that we want to think remember That's you know because we all have those rose colored glasses you know it could be different but uh anyway keep waiting like keep hoping i i think it's gonna be a wait <laughs> metroid fans are used to that they're That's used true to hey at least it's still happening it would have been a lot worse if they were like hey we're looking for a lead producer for a new platformer <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that, right so yeah it's still happening so there's there's that give us a metroid prime trilogy hd 
Like, I think that would hold us over until Metro Prime 4. I think 4. they're holding on to it. Um, I do think that the game exists. I, I wish they would put it out sooner rather than later because yeah. you know how slow I am with games. I need time <laughs> to get through three. Lo- like, what if the games are like, what, 30 hours or so? I, I mean, that's a, not that's a piece a- altogether. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I need time long. to get through that. Um, I think it exists, too. I think when there's smoke, there's fire, especially when smoke comes from so many different corners of the internet so somebody said something um that'd be a great way for them to kind of get started getting like mm-hmm. into the groove of things but yeah i'd be looking for I'd, I'd be excited for that too um our last few things before we get into some questions don't forget splatfest this weekend chicken versus the egg um i gotta admit guys i don't think i have any plans to play splatoon this weekend are mm. you guys gonna play i don't I'm know just okay. okay team egg Team Egg. Team Egg. Um, and there's a sale co- currently going on on the eShop for multiplayer games and all kinds of other stuff and the indie sales and promotion. Golf Story is on sale. Mm-hmm. Go buy Golf Story. Chase, I know you're in the chat. Buy Golf Story. <laughs> um, Horizon Chase Turbo, Runner 3, Overwatch, Cuphead, Diablo, Catherine, Divinity Original Sin 2. There's a bunch of stuff. Go go, go check it out. Rebecca, she hit us with a couple questions. We actually have a question from Chase. Um, wants to know what game do I start with first as a new Switch player? It sounds like he got Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8, Animal Crossing, and Pokemon Shield. What do you suggest he begins with out of those? This is not a question that really deserves that much time. It's Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's the first, yes. We talked about it on Twitter, Chase. Breath of the Wild is my favorite game of all time. It's incredible. And just don't give up on it too early. And don't go in there wanting it to be something that it isn't. I can't help but feel like so many times when I've heard folks in our communities or detractors talk to me on Twitter, that seems to be kind of the area that I get a lot of people coming at me from. They either want it to be something or they mm-hmm. don't like, you know, like they come into it with some sort of expectation. I think it was the review cycle, to be quite honest with you. I think anytime you tell people a game's a perfect 10, I think people that aren't normally into it, they go in there looking for something, you know, like they kind of have that that chip on their shoulder. Um, but I've seen a lot of people that that have been turned off with Zelda because of its openness. Um, cause mm-hmm. it's even more open than open games. And, uh, I think that's the one track that I actually would agree with. I do think if you're going in there expecting a hand holding experience, you might be confused, like where to go, what mm-hmm. to do, right? Because like, where's my waypoint? Where's my map? It does things different. Just don't quit on it. Um, it's not for the story either. <laughs> the Breath of the Wild story sucks. It's yeah. not that good, guys. <laughs> um, but Breath of the Wild, the game, is amazing. And I have said it before and I'll continue to say it's because of the logic the game has. This game has logic and realism that other games have never done. And that's the special sauce that makes it um, amazing. You can build circuits and you can use elements like electricity and wind and strength and rain to your advantage and your disadvantage. And when you learn how the world works, then you can leverage it to master it. And that's the experience you feel that control over your situation, your surroundings, when you get to that level, it's unlike anything I've ever experienced in a video game. Going on a long time about it for a question we're not spending that much time on. Pretty much. <laughs> no, Let's I think there's only, there's only one answer to this. Uh, play Breath of the Wild first. You can mm-hmm. also play that simultaneously with Animal Crossing. Pop in 10 whatever minutes a day. Mm-hmm, um, sure. Hold off on Pokemon Shield until the DLC comes out this fall. Yes. Um, everyone's going to be playing it again then. So wait until whenever that comes out, October, November for that. Um, and then just play Mario Kart 8 whenever you have somebody to play with. We'll play yep. Mario Kart 8. Yeah. Yeah, I'll welcome Chase on. 
That's great. Do you have a different answer, Garrett? Or is that no, that's, no, that's, that's the answer, right? That's that the answer. is the that's the <laughs> I definitely agree with that. Bobby wants to know what's your favorite Joy-Con pairing. Um, I am fond of I have the the green. You know, like you get the green, the double green. I like the green and the purple combo. Ooh, I forgot about the purple. Nice. I like my Animal Crossing, the little pastel uh, blue and green ones, but I also like the the two pinks. I have the the one pink from the one set mm-hmm. and the other pink from the other set. Guys, my Joy-Con pairings are the Hori pads. Mm. They're they're super good. Now they look ugly. Yeah, I was they, about to say. Oh, don't get me wrong. They they're very <laughs> ugly, but they're very handy. And you have if you have big hands, I'm telling you guys, it's very very comfortable, and you don't get drift. So that's a plus. Um, color wise, I only have gray with gray. I don't care about the colors and pairing and everything like in cosmetics. Like that's a waste of money to me. That's like, <laughs> why am I doing this? But if I did have a pairing, it would be blue and orange because those were my high school colors, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, nice. It's a good pairing. It is. I like it. Tilting windmill wants to know what's the most disliked game you've ever played. I had to really think about this. <laughs> so, all right. There are games that I like that I don't like because they're just bad, right? Like golf and the golf. Those games just suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not very good. Dislike is a right, is an interesting word because when I hear dislike, I think of like a game that's, that's typically good that people like that you just don't like, like you dislike it. And, mm-hmm. um, I had to think about it too, but once it hit me, I was like, oh yeah, there is a game that is beloved by the world that I really dislike. I don't like oh, it at all. Oh. It's Red Dead Redemption 2. I think that game, I hated playing that game. I couldn't uninstall that game fast enough. You can call me a hater because I am. It, um, so when I, it's insanely slow. It's super slow. (laughs) To a fault, it's slow. And they pride themselves on it. Um, even when you like listen to interviews and stuff about it, like they pride them because it's a Western. I guess they mm-hmm. try to tie it to the format or whatever. And it's just like, I've seen Westerns and they don't de- develop this slow, but it's not just the, the development of the game and its progression. It's also like the animations and the actions and the controls. Like when you press, you know, actions, there's like, uh, I remember when I, when I was talking about it when it came out, it honestly felt like it was delayed. Like you would press the button and there was like a two second hitch before it, it like is a delay. Yeah, it's you on like a Red delay. Redemption one. I I didn't love it, but I liked it. Yes, one is good. Yeah, it I liked it. it. Yeah, um, but two is just so slow. I agree with you there. It's right. It, it takes its time. It's very it chill. And I think I think I like it a little bit just because of that because the pacing is so different than any other game. It's like okay, let's go. Like you press forward. It's like. No, let's just do a little trotter. Let's yeah, just, like, okay, let's, let's have a little animation a little before it does the thing that you just said it to do. And I can't stand it. It drives me nuts. And uh, I remember making fun of it um, when it was announced for Stadia. I was like, well, you won't have to worry about lag or like latency because it's like it's it's built into the game. <laughs> That's very, very true. Oh, boy. What so, about you, Garrett? Uh, so I, I think of like games that I expect to really, really like, but become severely disappointed in and there's been a number of those games including destiny um but i don't want to say i extremely dislike it um but the one game that i was i was just like 12 years old and i was obsessed with like star wars um so i played the licensed game of star wars episode (laughs) three (laughs) <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. And boy, oh boy, was that a bad game. 
Isn't that a trend with like some licensed like movie oh. games and stuff? Just not. They're good. typically oh, sure. not great. Yeah. I didn't know any better. Of course. <laughs> yeah. At all. I, um, I, I, I had it. And then like, I remember being in the middle of a boss fight and I was just spamming a button just to make sure I just beat it. And like, I didn't beat it by the end. And I just smashed my <laughs> controller to the ground. It was like one of the few games that I became just <laughs> so furious. And of course, my mom and dad grounded me. But that's oh, no. besides the point. I think the one good thing about it, it had two different endings to, to episode three. It had the one when Anakin, um, you know, gets chopped off, you know, in half. Or he doesn't get chopped off and kills Obi Wan, which you know it's just a completely different ending. So, anyways, killer. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> it's been it's been forty years, so right. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have a disliked game. Just kind of thinking back to like on the Switch, something that comes to mind is: Do you remember the game Fee, the little purple fox thing? Fee, 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 Fee. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I didn't like that. Kevin didn't like that one either. I didn't know what to do in it. it was <laughs> like I, I like implicit, um, uh, implicit like direction in game, but that was just too implicit. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I was getting lost. Yeah, there's a balance there. I didn't like it. Not for me. Okay. It's pretty, I guess. We got uh, one more. Okay. Oh, there's there's two here. Um, Carlos wants to know, besides the known Mario and Zelda remasters, <laughs> Metroid and Breath of the Wild 2, what other game can Nintendo announce in the next Direct that will surprise you? I got one. I want a Fire Emblem remakes of Radiant Dawn and what's the other game Awakening. on the Wii? No, no, no Awakening. Oh, no, no, it's on 3DS. Come on. Uh, no, no, it's, there's there's two, the GameCube and the Wii Fire Emblem games. If they remade those, I would be pleasantly surprised. Um, I think it could happen. It could with, happen. You know, because they do Fire Emblem Echoes, which re- is a remake of the second one, I think. So yep. could totally happen. possible. But it w- I would be a very happy person. But you, Rebecca? I don't know if we're thinking about what would surprise me the only thing that like i think really would surprise me surprise me is if they did bring back um an ip that they haven't touched in over 10 15 years um all the ones that people keep clamoring for like f-zero and um all of those other ones i don't necessarily want them like it it wouldn't really surprise me in in a good way um I don't know. Not necessarily like surprise me, but I want to see them bring WarioWare back um, to oh, to console. I really like the WarioWare games; they're fun. It's all rumored I them handing that franchise off to an indie studio. Wait, is that what we're talking about? Indie? No, no, no. I just oh, no. I've seen that rumored a bit. Has it oh. popped up on your guys' radar at all? Oh, uh, no, I, don't I was telling Kevin that, that the other day. I've I've seen that rumored a little bit, kind of like a cadence, mm-hmm. letting somebody else do a Wario game, like with mini games and stuff. I don't hate okay, the idea. Right. I don't hate Ew. the idea. Eh, maybe Su- surprising is the right term. Cause I don't know really if I would be surprised by anything. That's the funny thing that I often <laughs> bring up with Nintendo is people are like, we don't know what games they're going to do. It's like what we do even before Jeff Grubb rumor. And it's like, we know what they're going to do. It's going to be Mario, Dunk Kong, Metroid. What Star a Star Fox. Fox, a brand new Star Fox game. I, and would I be surprised? No, they already really. surprised That's me. What they do. When they- <laughs> when they announced new Pokemon Snap, that surprised that me. That surprised me. I did not me. think that was coming back. So that surprised me. You're I right. Think there. It would have to be something like that, like a game that I don't think they're going to bring back that they that they do. So I, I don't literally know. pop for that. 
like in person on the couch. I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) they actually did it. Shutter. My son was like, what? (laughs) It would have to be something like that. Like something that I really want that I just kind of wrote off as, yeah, they're never going to do this. I would be surprised if I ever saw Earthbound. Like if if Earthbound yeah, happened in real life, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, you know, is this the is this real life kid? It's like, oh my god, it's really going to happen. Other three, yeah. yeah, it would have to be. All right, that's going to do it for us this week on the Nintendo Shack. We thank each and every one of you for checking out in the uh, in the stream chat. You were lovely tonight. Thank you guys so much, and for all of our listeners, thank you so much. We uh, encourage you to share the show. Let us know what you're doing. Follow us at Shack Life on Twitter. Leave us a review. That helps us get found and discovered and lets other people find us when they search Nintendo and stuff like that. So if you got a chance just to click some stars for us, we'd love to find it. We should turn that to like a Mario mini game. It's a genius idea. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but that's going to do it. Good night, Kooplings. Bye-bye. <laughs>